Welcome, everyone. My name is Grover Ray, and this is episode two of A Little Ray of Sunshine, Inspiring Stories from Everyday People. And I'd like to welcome my guest with us tonight, Bailey Sibley. She's from Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome, Bailey. We're just happy to have you here on the show with us tonight. Thank you, Brother Ray. I'm so excited to be here and to just honestly see your face. It's great to see your face. It is so good to see you as well. I'll start out and I'll just ask you, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, that's always one of those questions that's super hard to answer. Yeah. Like when you're in a class and they're like, share this about yourself and this and something interesting. And you're like, man, I don't feel like I'm that interesting of a person. Um, <laughs> but I guess um, I'm currently serving as a young woman's president in my ward. So that takes up a lot of my life right now. And when oh, yeah. I'm not doing that, I'm taking care of my two little boys, a three-year-old and a, an 11-month-old. Um, so that's really fun and exhausting and just living life here in Greensboro. So that's me. Fantastic. Well, one of the last times that I had a chance to visit with you face-to-face in Rexburg, I don't even know what year it was, actually, but it's been a few. Yes. It's been a few years. And when you had reached out to me by email after my first podcast, you had shared a little bit about some experiences that you went through. And I'm wondering if you'd just take a minute and share with everyone kind of what you told me in your email. Yeah, sure. So I guess I need to start at the beginning of that story. Okay. Um, In December of 2016, my husband and I were, we'd been married for... 2016. So like two years at that point. And we decided that we wanted to try to start growing our family. So we went to the temple and prayed about it and it felt like a good idea. We didn't have like a super strong impression one way or another, but it felt good. So we, you know, started that process and I always knew growing up that my mom, you know, it was easy for her to get pregnant and it was so easy for my aunts and just anybody in my family. They got pregnant like the first month that they tried. And so I always just knew in my head, like, oh, it'll be easy for me. I won't have any issues. So we, you know, started that process and it didn't happen right away in the first month. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens next month. And it kept not happening and not happening and not happening. So after six months of trying, we finally got pregnant. And I saw that positive test with those two little pink lines. And I was so excited to finally have that be something that I could be excited about rather than just hearing about other people and their announcements. And so that was on a Monday that I found out I took a test right before class and went to school. My husband wasn't even awake yet because it was an early morning class. And uh, came back home and I was just so excited to tell him and I set up like a video camera so I could record his, you know, his like response to it. And I just set up like a little, I don't even know, it was just like a little giraffe and something else on the pregnancy test. So I tell him and it was like the best day of our lives. We were so happy, so excited to finally start our family. And then, you know, a couple of days passed. And then on Thursday, I woke up that morning and had just not been feeling very well. And noticed, um, you know, that I had started bleeding and I was just nervous about that because I, I didn't really know if it was, you know, it seemed like that was maybe not a good thing. And I went to class and I just remember sitting in child abuse class and it was the end of the semester. So I had to give my final presentation and I don't even remember what it was about or anything, but I just remember sitting in my seat and then standing up because he said it was my turn. And I felt a sensation that I knew something was wrong. So in that moment, I 
you know, I was worried and scared, but I still had to proceed. So I stood up there and gave a 10 minute presentation while feeling all those pains and whatnot. And I went home that day at early from class because I had a couple more classes that day, but I went home, told my husband that something was wrong and we scheduled an appointment with the doctor. And I think it was later that afternoon, we ended up going in and told her what had happened. She said that it sounded like we probably were miscarrying our baby, which was terrifying to hear, especially after trying for six months and having nothing happen. You know, you get so excited and then that's the news you hear. But she, I just remember hearing her say this and it was not the best thing, but she said, well, at least now you know that you can get pregnant. I was like, thank you for telling me that. Okay. <laughs> it was not that, comforting in the moment. That's how she told you. Yes. That's what okay. she told me. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it was not great, but she ended up doing a blood test and she said, okay, so now the steps are going to be that you need to go back to the hospital on Saturday because we'll be closed and get another blood test to confirm if your um, HCG levels have increased or decreased. And if they've decreased, it means that you have miscarried. Um, so I took that information, went home and I was in so much pain. Like I had never experienced that much pain in my life up to that point. I should say <laughs> now a little different. Sure. But, uh, but anyways, I went in on Saturday and got that test done. And then the doctor called me probably Monday and confirmed that, that I had miscarried and that was super hard. Um, and in the midst of that event, um, you know, I was having lots of emotions and I want to mention brother Ray, because I had a class with him on Friday. So I started having, you know, having symptoms that were indicating that something was wrong on Thursday. And then on Friday, I go to your class and it was early in the morning and I was not okay. <laughs> I just remember sitting there and being sad and not knowing how to feel. And you noticed, I don't know exactly what your thoughts or what went through your mind. Well, I could just say, I, I saw... I saw you sitting there and you just didn't seem like the same Bailey. And I, yeah, yeah. You just didn't seem like something was off. So I did recognize that. Now go ahead. Right. So you asked me to go into the hall with you and I just, you know, when, when somebody that you care about like talks to you and you're not feeling okay mentally, mm -hmm. that's kind of when you can't hold it together anymore. That was that moment for me. And I just remember, I think I started to cry and then you just hugged me and you're like, I'm so sorry. Cause I told you what had, what, I, what was probably happening, but I just was like, so appreciative to have you in that moment. to just like, give me a hug and comfort me. Cause I wasn't okay. And you noticed and I was glad to have somebody that noticed. I'm glad I could be a little bit a part of that, but you know what, that that's yeah. just hard. That's just hard to go through. And I think anybody in your situation would struggle with that. But as I, as I listened to and read your email and have talked to you, what's happened since then? Because I think things have kind of turned around a bit and, and uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Right. Yes. Um, so I'll kind of wrap up that story with, you know, I was not feeling well mentally mm -hmm. and I just struggled. That was honestly probably one of the lowest points in my life, just feeling hopeless, feeling lost, feeling alone, like really alone. Sure. And so in the coming weeks, I, you know, was just trying to work through those feelings and my husband was so supportive and loving, but he also didn't, you know, he wasn't okay either. You know, we talk about women not feeling well during experiencing something like a miscarriage or a loss in that way, but a spouse isn't either, you know, a husband mm -hmm. isn't. 
Absolutely. So anyways, I was trying to find something to distract myself. That's really what I was doing. And I was like, hey, well, I'm kind of wrapping up, finishing my degree in social work here at BYU-Idaho. And I want to find, I don't know, let's just go on an adventure. Let's get out of Rexburg and go somewhere random trying to find grad school or something that I could, you know, just something to distract myself. Sure. So I found North Carolina state here in North Carolina. And I, you know, I'm from the West coast. I always promised my husband, we're never moving to the East coast. I will never <laughs> live there. Never say never. <laughs> never say never. But um, we ended up, I found NC state and my mom was really kind and helped us to go on a trip out here and visit the campus. And I loved it. Talked to the head of the program and it was great so that I had a plan I was like okay we're gonna go like I want to get to NC State so how do I do this um I was like I said wrapping up my degree and so instead of doing an internship there in Idaho I contacted almost every uh Department of Social Service agency in North Carolina to see if they had an internship spot available that I could potentially fill um but anybody that's gone to BYU Idaho knows that there's the odd semesters because it's, you know, three semesters in the year. And so I, I was in a spring semester. So most of those spots were already filled. But I ended up hearing back from one little small county that was, was a rural community here in North Carolina. It's called Rockingham County. Um, and the director said, I don't have any spots in, in our CPS unit or over here at my actual main office, but there is a new grant funded program that's starting so if you want to be an intern there, you can be, but you're not going to get paid. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay, well, you know, that might be difficult working that out anyways with the school. So that's all right. I'll accept it. We're going to go to North Carolina. That was a great <laughs> distraction. It really was like, I needed that. And I think that's what Heavenly Father put in my place. Like he led me to look for things in North Carolina because he knew that's what we needed at the time was a way to cope with what we were feeling and to be distracted. Little did I know it would have so many ripple effects coming out here. So we ended up moving here. And I guess to answer your question, finally. Yeah, let's get to those ripple effects. Yeah. yeah, those ripple effects. <laughs> There's so many things that have happened since we've been here. We've now lived in North Carolina for four and a half years, I think. We've moved three times since living here. And that means we've been in actually only two different wards within the church, but we've, we're now back in our original ward. And just being out here, I feel like, you know, one of those blessings that I experienced was serving my community and learning the community through being a social worker. Um, I was a foster care social worker in the beginning when I finished my degree. And then I also worked as an adult protective service social worker, which was probably one of my favorite positions. And I just was able to get into the community and into the lives of these people here in North Carolina and learn this culture because, you know, I'm in the South and it was just a blessing to learn about, but also just to help all those people that can't help themselves. And I feel like it was just such a blessing for us to come here. And it really helped me to develop skills and talents that I think I've had within myself. Um, that I just didn't know that were maybe, you know, like Heavenly Father knew that I needed these talents and yeah. be, being a social worker helped me to develop those. And they've not only helped me in the field, but also as a mother um, now of my two boys. 
and as a spouse, I will say it's very helpful. <laughs> it helped me to be a good communicator. Oh, there you go. Um, right. And so that was one of the biggest blessings I think coming out here is that I was able to develop a talent of like helping people or being a place where people can come to seek counsel and guidance. Excellent. Um, and it is. It really is. And I love it. I just love it so much that people feel comfortable talking to me about things that are difficult. Um, and I just try to cultivate an environment where, you know, the spirit can be present, where they can feel the love that's not really coming from me. It's coming from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And so I'm grateful that I was able to develop those talents through, you know, becoming a social worker through this experience of suffering a miscarriage. Honestly, one of the biggest things is that like women will come to me for counsel and guidance. And it's not always that they suffered a miscarriage like I did, right. um, but I, I just think that it was a trial that I had to experience in order to gain greater understanding and empathy for women and the trials that they face. And, you know, maybe specifically for miscarriage and loss, but just being able to understand where they're coming from um, and the different trials that they have, you know, you bet. You know, what's, uh, what's interesting about your story is I, I remember you being a student who I would probably say had a great capacity to show empathy. And the interesting thing is people sometimes get sympathy and empathy mixed up, don't they? Because yes, they sympathy is feeling towards that person, whereas empathy is actually connecting and feeling with the person. Right. Right in the moment that they need that. And sometimes, Bailey, and you know this, sometimes you don't even have to say a word. You just need to be there quietly and calmly in that person's life. And that says a lot, doesn't it? Yes, it really, really does. I have had an experience recently within our um, ward here that I'm not going to share a lot of details about because it's really fresh, but I have gained a really great understanding of what it means to mourn with those who mourn and to comfort those who stand in need of comfort. And it just goes back to empathy. And sometimes you don't know what to say in those moments, but just being there and knowing, allowing them to know that you love them and that you are there as a support system is so big. Oh, it is. It's huge. It's so, really is. so Bailey, if, if somebody came to you w- with a similar circumstance and said, I just realized that I'm, uh, that I'm miscarrying or I had a miscarriage, what words would you offer to them to, to help them through this? That's a, right. That's a really great question. I think it would probably depend on the individual um, because I think that everybody receives love differently. Um, you know, everybody has a different love language. And so depending on that person, I would probably tailor my response to how they best receive love, you know, but just really hearing them, whatever their story is, whatever the pain that they're feeling in that moment is and the emotions that they are having and just recognizing them and saying, you know, sometimes you don't understand exactly what specific emotion that person's having. Um, you know, it could be fear stress, anxiety, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would just, like you said, even maybe not say anything, you know, just be there and say, I'm really, I guess I would be saying this, but I'm really sorry that you have experienced that. And, you know, that pain that you're feeling is so hard to go through. And, you know, I've, you know, you could say that you've experienced the same thing, but sometimes that's not always what people need to hear. Absolutely. You know, that you love them. You know, this morning in my class, we actually had a discussion about empathy and sympathy, and it was brought up to walk a mile in in someone's shoes. And the discussion sort of turned this way. I think it's hard 
to really, because I could take your shoes, put my feet in them, stretch them out quite a bit, but I could put my feet in your shoes <laughs> and I could walk a mile in them. But do I really know Bailey Sively from that experience? Probably not. But, and I, and I told my students this, you don't have to be a cow to know what milk is. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't have to have gone through, let's say alcoholism or death or dying or severe grief to be able to show empathy for someone who has or is going through that. And so that's what I love about what you're saying. You could very well definitely be such a support to people because of your past experiences, but never doubt yourself in other areas either because you have the ability to show empathy. And that's really what it boils down to. Right. Yes, definitely. And that's that's something hard to learn. I mean, you've, you've got to, if you don't have it, you got to work at it to get it. You do. And I would say that before studying social work, I really was not that empathetic as a person. I wasn't a good listener. <laughs> so I couldn't even show that empathy because most of the time I wasn't really there. You know, wasn't the focus wasn't there. Right. I, right. You know, I just learned it was a skill that I definitely had to work at. You bet. And I remember distinctly being in the program and talking about empathy and having to express it, um, it through role-playing experiences. And it was difficult to do. It's a difficult thing to work towards, but it, you know, I think the, that if you do it little by little, it just increases over time. And mm -hmm. it's really just understanding and recognizing that all of us are children of God. And that we all have value and that we're all loved and showing that person that love. Because sometimes in that moment, they're not feeling like they have value and yeah. they're feeling alone. So, you bet. You know. I recently read a quote uh, from Plato and I'm not like into, into that or anything, but yeah. so I don't even know where I read it. It's somewhere on a wall or something, but it said, um, be kind to everyone because they're fighting a harder battle than you are. And that stuck with me is be kind to everyone. We don't know what their day was like. You know, we don't know what they've gone through. We didn't know what you were going through, but you know, it was, it was a good thing that we connected that day. I really believe that, but I, I just think yeah, we all have pain in our lives for whatever reason. And it's a matter of now how we choose to deal with that pain. And I love that you have taken your experience, moved through your life and allowed it to help you to be the person that you want to be. Would that yeah, be a fair statement? It definitely. It is definitely a fair statement. I really have, uh, over time, as, as I've reflected on that situation and what happened and that experience, I've been able to recognize that it was a trial that I, that I had to go through in order to grow um, as a person. And that growth came through the atonement of Jesus Christ. I couldn't have done it without, you know, Jesus Christ. And just reflecting on it, you know, if it hadn't happened and we had had, you know, if that pregnancy had been successful, we wouldn't have moved out of Rexburg like we did. Um, we probably, we definitely wouldn't be in North Carolina like we are. And, you know, all the people that I've encountered and interacted with and developed a love for wouldn't be there. And that would, you know, I wouldn't know it, but that's yeah. so sad to think about because, you know, we really, I think are here to serve the people around us in North Carolina at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge leap of faith for us to come out here. But I know that because of that trial we went through, it was what we needed. And we were able to grow as a couple, just as a family, you know, it was what Heavenly Father wanted for us, honestly. That's yes. the bare minimum. That's yeah. what we needed. And you listened. 
You listened. We did. Yes. And it was just enduring that trial well is really what it was about. And, you know, I, I was actually reading through my journal entry that I had written uh, at that time, which I'm not a big journaler, journaler. <laughs> so that was interesting that I actually wrote about it. And I was reading through it right before, you know, this interview. And I read in there, which I had thought about it ahead of time, which was cool, because I wrote down like, what do I want to get out of this? What do I want people to get out of this interview? And it was that I want people to, to realize that, like, when you endure your trials well, then you're able to grow spiritually and, you know, temporally here on earth, but it's really about the growth that comes through it. And it's because of Jesus Christ. And in that journal entry, I literally wrote down, like, I, this is so hard, but I know that if we endure it well, then we'll be blessed for it. And it that's exactly what happened. It, it was hard to know and recognize it at the time, but you know, it, it was what we needed. Well, that's a beautiful message. In fact, that's uh, that's the message I needed to hear today. That's uh, that come from your heart, Bailey. Yeah. And I think there will be people out there that will hear that message and uh, they'll feel the same feelings that you're having as far as what that did for you for personal growth. We're all looking for personal growth, aren't mm -hmm. we? And uh, well, that's why we're here. You know, mm -hmm. without this, there has to be opposition in all things, right? We're here yeah. to go through trials and experiences and to grow. And if we don't grow, then we don't know. You know, we we can't feel true joy if we're not growing. Exactly. And, having those trials, so. and you took a risk. You took some risks and uh, it paid off for you. And yes. this is where you ended up and this is where you needed to be. Yeah, and I feel that every single day, especially serving in my calling right now with my mm -hmm. young women, I've developed such a love for them. And I know that, you know, that's a, that's one of the many reasons that we're here is just to be a support even to those specific girls at this time. So, right. Well, Bailey, yeah. I want to thank you for sharing your story and for letting us feel of your beautiful spirit. And uh, just, it's just been a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with you. And, yes, and I just, I just love that uh, you're doing so well and that you're so happy. I can see it in your countenance. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, I hope to be able to connect with you again. So continue doing those good things that you're doing. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I've loved being able to reconnect with you and share this story, and I hope that it helps somebody somewhere. <laughs> I know it did. You're awesome. Thank you so much, Bailey. Until next time, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.